Hey guys, welcome back to OK Pause Podcast. Um, I'm Moni. Today we are recapping Love is Blind Season 3, Episode 7. I recently recapped Episode 6, so if you missed it, feel free to go back and listen. If this is your first time listening, thank you. I appreciate your time. If you are a return listener, thank you for coming back. Uh, Also, please subscribe, share, rate, and like. Also, you can find my podcast page in the link below. All right, now, before we get started, I do want to just take a moment because I am like a newbie, right? (laughs) Amongst all the big shocks in this podcast, see, I'm new, so I'm still learning. So I may make some mistakes here and there and I'm, you know, I'm crawling and getting up and falling all at the same time. But I do want to just say thank you. I haven't taken the time to even look at my numbers to see if anyone's listening because I didn't want to get disappointed. So I'm just, you know, focus on just getting the content out because I really do love these two shows. But I do see here that I have some new followers. So for those of you guys who have decided to follow me, I just want to take a second and say thank you sincerely. And that is from the bottom of my heart. And for those of you who are not following, but who are choosing to come back and listen to each episode, that's fine as well. And I just wanted to also just say thank you. And I also really do appreciate that as well. All right, so let's go ahead and get started and let's go ahead and talk about uh, episode seven. It was good. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started with episode seven. So we open up with Brennan and Alexa and we're at, well, excuse me, Brennan, who is still at Alexa's dad's house. Okay, and the rest of the family, his wife and cousins and Alexa have gone to the other room. So it's just Brennan and Alexa's dad. All right. Now, um, we basically are picking up where we ended off at episode six. So everything's cool. Everything's good. They've talked basically in a nutshell. Alexa's dad only concern is that Brennan is able to provide the lifestyle that he has um, given his daughter. Okay. And that his daughter is just not some average regular girl or woman, right? That he has um, basically blessed her with the finer things in life. So she's accustomed to living a certain way. And if she, you know, she likes you, loves you, I like you and love you, but I just want to make sure um, that you're not taking her downhill, right? That you can continue, you can pick up from where I'm dropping off if you're coming in and taking over and you're getting married to her. That's his only main concern, but I'm sure he can see that Alexa is happy. And then if she's happy, he's happy, but he does want to make sure that Brennan is able to provide that lifestyle or continue providing that lifestyle that, um, that Alexa is accustomed to. So they close off this whole thing. He says, okay, well, I understood that you are ready to convert so I can help you in the process. So he brings out, you know, some knives and said, he's got some people that can help hold him down. Um, and again, if he wanted to, to convert to Judaism. So, all right. Now we go to Colleen and Matt and we arrive at his mom's house and they were so sweet. Uh, they welcome uh, Colleen with open arms, and it's almost like they had a little gathering out in her backyard. Looks like she has a really beautiful home. And uh, Matt, you can tell, was just happy to see his family. <laughs> He's got his mom, his uncles, cousins, friends, everybody's just there to see Colleen. So this was definitely a good, um, warm 
you know, welcome home uh, thing. So uh, they're asking about their experiences and they're just talking about their experiences in the pod, what it's like, you know, meeting people and about their connection, you know, just after a few dates and after a few talks, they just sort of knew that they wanted to be with the other, basically. Now, his mom did step up to her because she was kind of just standing there with her purse in her hand. And I know I'm the same way. If somebody's standing, even if you just arrived and it's 20 minutes later and you're still standing with your stuff, like your bag or purse, it's like, okay, sit down. You're making me nervous. <laughs> you know, you just got here. So I know in my head you're not going anywhere anytime soon. But just the fact that you're still standing, it's like, sit down. It just makes me feel weird. Like, put your purse down or something. But her mom did come over because she was still standing with her purse on her shoulder. And her mom was like, look, we're going to be here a minute. We're going to talk. We're going to see it, sit down. We're going to eat. We're going to drink as a family. So um, if you want, let me grab your purse and I can put it in my bedroom. I also think that was a cue like, hey, you know, you want to come back. I want to talk to you for a little bit. So, but anyway, so they went off and they went to talk and they talked in the kitchen. And basically his mom was basically just reiterating that, look, my son has been through a lot and we all know about that last relationship. And she just wants him to be happy. She wants him to find someone that will, you know, continue to bring happiness into his life. And she was there obviously with her son through those tough times. And so she just wants to make sure I know this you know, process you guys went through, you know, you guys are saying that it, it's real and it works and I want it to be real and I, and I want it to work for the both of you. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. I'm just saying that I'm a little skeptical and it, it makes sense, right? Most people, if you don't go through that process, they're like, okay, what? So you're just marrying someone you don't know, you know? So I get it. I get where her mom is coming from. But it looks like she's just like, look, but if this, if you guys really do believe in this and you believe in one another, then I will have your back, right? I will support you. I will support my son. I just want you both to be happy. So, so we get that. Um, also, I did note that he looks just like his mom, <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and move on to Cole and Zanab. So, um, remember that Cole's family did not want to meet with Zanab. Uh, again, they went through the first process with him where he met someone, got engaged, got married and divorced all in six months. So as parents, that is definitely a lot. You have to be there for your kids because it appears Cole was very uh, devastated. He even said himself that it was a lot. Um, he was sad. He was depressed. It just took the wind out of him. But he was lucky to have his parents there. Uh, by his side and to support him through those tough times. And then I thought to myself, what happens if this doesn't work out? Although it wouldn't have been six months and they wouldn't have totally moved in, you know, that whole thing. But just to have gone through this process and get to the end of the line and let's say she says no, or maybe he says no and it doesn't work out. I think that he will be just as crushed. Okay. But anyway, so we arrive at Cole's apartment and it is a mess, right? Um, Zanab, uh, doesn't feel comfortable. It is definitely a bachelor pad, but <clears throat> excuse me. Sometimes a bachelor pad can really, you know, just be a bachelor pad, a few things here and there, or maybe they don't have, you know, a lot of furniture, right? Uh, that sort of thing. But this was just beyond bachelor pad. This was just a mess. Uh, yeah, it was just, I'm just not even going to go through some of the stuff. We, we, we've seen it, right? For those of us who, who saw 
the episode. It was bad. Um, I could never. <laughs> but anyway, nonetheless. Uh, so they sit down to join. Um, oh, excuse me. So he brings out this baby capsule. They're in a the kitchen and, and Zana finally finds a place to sit down. And so he says, if you ever want to know anything about me, it's all in this capsule. And he shares with her that his parents had put this capsule together as a gift to him, just to remind him of who he is, right? Where he's from. Uh, and uh, it had, you know, it was a capsule of little trinkets, like, you know, a, the soil that he <laughs> stood on. I don't know if he was one or two years old. Uh, baby pictures of him, him sitting in a toy uh, push cart, uh, and just other little trinkets. We didn't get to see everything, but it was just stuff to just re-strengthen him and, and, and be able to help him get back up and, and to move forward and to know who you are, you know? So don't let this marriage thing or the failure of this marriage uh, define you. Um, so find your inner strength, stand up, be strong, and, and, and let's go type of thing. So I think that's what they were trying to um you know, trying to help him with just to kind of get him um, remotivated. But anyway, all of that, long story short, is in this capsule. So I guess when, just to kind of wrap up this Colin's a knot portion here, when his parents are saying that they don't want, well, A, they don't support this process B they don't support the marriage. Uh, I don't think it's a dig at Zanab. I don't think because they don't know her. I know that her mom kind of said something. I didn't really understand the specifics with that, but so I don't want to touch on it because I don't like to speak on something I don't know too much about. But when they, his parents, are, it's not that they don't love him, I should say that first, uh, but it's just that they don't support this process. They were there with him um, at the beginning when his last divorce didn't work out and they had to be there to help him get himself back on his feet to where he is today, right? So the thought of, okay, you're going to go and marry someone blindly, not even just date, but go and marry someone blindly and go through this whole process again and call what happens if this doesn't work out. We'll have to be there again to pick up the pieces. And I think that's what they're scared of. So I think that they're thinking that, okay, we're just going to have to, you know, show him tough love by telling him, no, we don't want to meet her, on, meet her, excuse me, on or off camera. And maybe by showing that tough love, maybe he won't go through with the process. I'm thinking that's probably where they're coming from. And also, I feel like they know that he's not ready. And like I, I know I've mentioned before, he is immature. He's not ready for marriage. He needs at least another eight to 10 years, honestly. So I think there's a little bit of that also because your parents know you, right? I mean, they've been with you all your life. They have to know that he is not ready for marriage. So yeah, so I don't wanna harp on that, but I think that's also part of why uh, they don't really support this. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and talk to Nancy and, uh, not talk to them, but talk about Nancy and Bartiz. So we know that Bartiz met Nancy's family. Well, now Nancy's gonna meet Bartiz's family. So his mom and dad, if I'm not wrong, I believe they are divorced or separated or something. But anyway, so they came to their apartment because that way everybody can just come there. And his sister also 
came. So his sister, she was kind of like, you know, open, like, oh, excited, you know, nice. To, you know, she was happy. It looks like she was happy to meet Nancy. Um, the parents really didn't have a lot of expressions. Uh, this dad the whole time was just checking Nancy out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the mom was kind of like, hmm, okay, hi, nice to meet you, you know. But the sister, you can tell she was a little excited at first before they went into that conversation about what to do with the baby and then she broke down but yeah Bartice and his sister they definitely look like his mom I couldn't see any resemblance to the dad but definitely the mother so anyway they're just having conversation again just like most people who are coming from the pod and they go back home the family's like so tell us about this pod thing what was that experience like what did you guys do so you know they talked about the experience in the pods they talked about what brought them together and it was that they built an emotional connection. Uh, and so long story short, so Bartiz then mentions that one of the things that he loves about Nancy is that, you know, they have a good time. They laugh, they talk a lot. He also um, says that they have a lot of real good conversations about stuff. Right. And she'll ask him, um, pose questions to him about, you know, so what does your debt look like? Your student loans, have you have those things paid off and that basically he's just saying that, Although we have a good time and we talk and laugh a lot, we really do have those hard conversations, right? Because we are serious about the future. So we want to make sure that we're not walking into this blindly. So he was sharing the last conversation that Nancy and Bartiz had and about, you know, finding out they're pregnant with a baby that may have a defect. Okay. And so Bartiz kind of you know, you can show, see that he was a little saddened by it because his thing is, well, what do you mean? There's no question if, if we find out that we're pregnant and the baby has a defect, we're keeping it, right? And so I can tell when his sister immediately broke down and said, excuse me, I'm sorry, like, that, that's what we would do, right? So you can definitely tell where his family's um, value, core values are when it comes to that topic. So for them, it's a, well, there's no question we keep it right. And whereas, and he had the support of his family, right? Because it's his family that's there. So he has his support system per se in that conversation. Whereas Nancy, which is fine, it's her view, but she has the opposite opinion and she doesn't agree with them. Let me put it that way. And so but she doesn't have that support system right there behind her. Now, um, what I do want to say is, like I said, I've always said that I like the fact that they can talk. I don't believe that Bartise should have brought this up here, right? Um, maybe he could have talked to his sister a little bit later on the phone and maybe shared with her um, the conversation that him and Nancy had. But I just didn't think that he should have brought this up in front of everybody and with his parents and all of that. That was a bit too much because you didn't prepare Nancy that you were going to bring that up, right? So if you wanted to bring up that conversation, maybe ask her before they came over, is it okay if I share this as far as what your views are, right? When it comes to this topic, is it okay if I bring that Oh, you know, introduce that conversation that we had when my parents or when my family arrives? 
But yeah, I think it kind of caught Nancy off guard. So Bartiz, I didn't like that. Uh, you didn't think that one through. It just looks like you were kind of all in your feels for that moment. I also want to say this before I forget. I believe that this is the moment when things started to go downhill for them. It's like, uh, I feel that they've been having a good time with each other, just kind of laughing, um, talking, uh, you know, smiling, kissy face, all that stuff. And they've had some hard conversations right remember in the pod when she told him um that she had given about 25 or 30 of her eggs away and when she talked uh, about um you know still being in business with her ex um for two of her five properties that she owns and and then the conversation that they're having here about the abortion so yeah there was a lot going on there uh and uh, I just hope that they can make it through. I mean, we'll have to basically just see what happens. But um, I forgot where I was initially going with that other piece that I was saying. But I guess I'll come back to it. Yeah, I think they'll be... F well, actually, I can't even say that. I really don't know what's going to happen with them. But anyway, we'll move on because I, I did kind of lose my train of thought. But it's not coming back. All right, so let's go ahead and go over to Raven and SK. So as we know, Raven, um, parents, uh, she told us that she was biracial. She also mentioned, I don't know if it's both of her family or one of her family is from the South. Uh, so she touched on being from the South a little bit. <laughs> and, um, anyway, so we'll just leave it there. But, um, her parents or her family will not, um, be supporting them let's put it this way unless things change for now as of episode seven um in the process and so they have no interest in meeting sk but it is what it is and just like sk's mom said well you know what will we'll be supportive and we'll be here so her friends with her two girlfriends so they come over um well excuse me they're out and about somewhere and i think they're just probably meeting up for ice cream or something i don't i don't know what they were um eating or they were probably just sitting there talking but uh, they kind of came off. They didn't come. They didn't come off to me just in my initial observation as open, right? Open to oh, so tell us about this experience that you guys had in the pod and what was it? I mean, they don't get me wrong. They did ask those questions, but remember, they also said, "Oh wow, hmm, he's not quite what we we're expecting. We we're expecting someone taller and fitter." So they already had in their mind who they thought they were going to meet, who SK's, excuse me, Raven's fiance was going to be. Okay, granted, I get probably where they got that from, right? Because they know Raven. They know their girl. They know what she likes. They've seen the men that she's dated in the past. I, I get all of that. But I'm just saying still, you, they weren't open. And they didn't even give him a chance immediately. It's like, okay, well, he's not tall and fit like the guys that she normally dates. Then if that's the case, then at least kind of leave your mind open to, well, hmm, then there had to be something about him, right? And then, you know, pose your questions about around, centered around that. What could it have been about him that got your girlfriend Raven to choose him? That's where your focus should have been, nonetheless. <laughs> so they came out with uh, some stereotypes, I believe, of what they think he expects as Nigerian, as a Nigerian man. 
right? And and I just put down that I thought it was ignorance, um, but it's better to learn about a culture than just to kind of group the whole culture as one, right? Because I guess I was trying to, well, I guess what I'm getting is that they were saying certain things about, well, you know, does he know what he's going to get with you? Like, you know, having this thought about, well, she's an American woman, you know, she's not an African woman. She's not going to, I don't know if it was get your lodge or have your dinner ready when you come home. You know, she's going to go out and do things and, you know, all of this stuff that they were saying, I, I didn't understand where it was coming from, but that's where I'm saying that whatever their thoughts and views or stereotypes are of people from Africa, they think that SK is all of that or SK is all of that of African men. Does that make sense? And so they're just assuming that he's going to impose all of his African men, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, values, right? Um, and culture and all of that and impose all of that on Raven. And from what we've seen so far of SK, that's not who he is. So again, I go back to say they didn't even give him a chance. Again, all of this may change later. I'm just noting just what I picked up just from episode seven. I always just kind of like to say that. I'm not making a blatant statement. I'm just saying just from what I've seen so far. Okay. Um, also, so now we get into this conversation about school. He said that he was in grad school. He's also going to Berkeley, which is out of state, which is going to be in California. If I'm not wrong, I believe that um, this group is from Texas. All right. So now they seem really confused about, okay, well, wait a minute. How do you expect to do this marriage thing with our girl if you're going to be in a whole nother state in California and she, you know, and she's going to be here in Texas? Like, I, so, okay, pause. So this totally threw me off, okay? And I'm thinking, okay, they just started throwing out the 99 questions, right? Shout out to Jay-Z. <laughs> like, what was he thinking? What was she thinking? And what was making me upset is that Raven never even said, hey guys, hold on a second. You know, or number two, she didn't even have SK's back. She just kind of sat there like not nodding her head like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm gonna have to deal with. You know, so I wish she would have stood up for him a little bit more, but let's let's pause here for a second. Let's go back. Okay, now they're coming at her two girlfriends are coming at SK about, you know, like who does he think he is and and what is she what what does he expect her to do? Like he's gonna go into a does he expect her to go into a relationship with him when he's gonna be away for two years and grad school in another state? Like and she's he's supposed to be moving with moving in with her. How do they expect her to pay the bills? Okay, there's a lot going on here. Number one, neither one of those two girlfriends even posed any of those questions, none of those questions, and there were 99 of them. None of them questions were aimed at Raven. Number two, Raven knows all of this. Raven had these conversations with SK in the pod. In the pod, he told her that he was going to grad school. She congratulated him. 
when he also told her it's in Berkeley, which she knows is in California. She knows she lives in Texas. So obviously when she said yes, will you marry me? And she said yes, that means, okay, if we go through with this thing, he's going to be away for two years. What did she think? He was going to do an online class? And if she thought that, she should have asked it. I didn't see it in the episode, and it's possible that they edited it out. But my point is, why were they coming at SK? But I didn't see her get any of those questions. So it's almost like as if SK was holding a gun to Raven's head and forcing her to go into this two-year relationship with him where he's not even going to be there. He's going to be out of state. Number two, as far as the expenses and the bills and whatever, he's not even going to be physically there. They're basically going to be having a long distance relationship. Guys, this is what this comes down to. This is really going to be a long, other than him coming home for the holidays, right? It's basically going to be a long distance relationship. So they're going to chalk, they're going to FaceTime, you know, she might go to California and visit him, you know, he'll come back home, you know, for the holidays, that sort of thing. So what bills is, is, he supposed to help her pay it's basically like she lives alone she's been living alone this whole time before she went on the show right was she not paying her bills i'm gonna leave it there <laughs> sometimes i just get so passionate about things because here's my thing i don't like when people take advantage of other people and i don't like when people get played or used i don't like things like that you know so i'm, I'm always that person who's always kind of rooting for the other dog <laughs> and you know i get the same way when i'm talking about married at first sight with alexis right and the way that i feel like she's just treated justin the whole time just gets under my skin and but anyway i digress so that's where we are with Raven and SK. So now we're going to go ahead and go to Alexis and Brennan. Now they go to meet Brennan's family and they get there and his stepdad greets them at the door and his mom comes around with her cute little hat and a drink and um, they have a big land <laughs> and they sat on a swing when she eventually took Alexis out to sit on the swing it was a cute swing that she said her grandmother used to sit on so I don't know if it's a home or the land is part of the family if it's some kind of inheritance you know what I mean but it yeah it's a big land uh so anyway so his brother and stepdad um sit down. I believe it's his brother. Excuse me. I believe it's his, yeah, it is his, it's his brother and his stepdad sit down to talk with, um, Alexa. And I was saying that, wow, he looks just like his mom. He really does look just like his mother. I couldn't figure out who the brother looked like. I didn't see a lot of the mom resemblance, but I, I, the brother looked a lot like Brennan to me, but Brennan looked a lot like his mom, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, nothing really came from this conversation. I really don't have a lot of detailed notes here. Uh, the only thing is I'll say is that the family was inviting. They were very warm. They're very nice to her. They were respectful. Um, kudos for Jesus, for just, excuse me, even making time to even acknowledge her and sit down and talk to her, right? Regardless of how this turns out, that's number one. Uh, and Number two, the conversation that she had with his mom, you know, where his mom was just kind of pouring out her heart just to say that, you know, he just doesn't really, she doesn't want him to get hurt. Uh, and he can run if he gets scared. Um, so I'm not really sure what that was all about. 
but uh, basically it's just like okay I know this process is not normal you guys are saying it's okay it's it's the new age thing right but you know back in my day you know we didn't meet in pods you know you met someone out and about you know and so I don't quite really understand or trust this thing and I'm speaking as like I feel like I'm thinking from his mom's mind like I don't trust this whole process but if you say if you guys say meaning you guys you, you and Brennan say that you're happy and you want to get married and you're in love then I support you guys right but she did seem a little bit unsure but she does seem like the kind of mother who wants to be there for her kids so she's going to support Brennan regardless that's kind of what I picked up from her all right so we go to Nancy and Bartise and I just have here that something is off uh, and they haven't talked since the issue so there so I always kind of like to put a pin in something where I see the transition happening right that pin I put in the when the fam, his family was over and they had that conversation. Well, the pin probably does go a little bit further back when the conversation first came up about what would you do if, right? And then when he shared it with his family and they had his back, I think it solidified in his mind, okay, maybe this is not what I want to do because, okay, it's, it's okay that if, Nancy and I are on opposite sides on certain serious issues in life, but we come together and find a, you know, a compromise, right? But this is not something that you quite find a compromise on, right? Because it's either A or B. Either we keep it or we don't. So uh, I think this is the moment when things started to shift for them. But anyway, so it, it shows Nancy in a bedroom. She's a or in the bathroom, I don't know where she was, but she was getting dressed, looks like she was heading out, and she said that things have been a little bit off, and I guess I'll come, well, I'll come back to it. So she said things have been a little bit off, and he's sitting at some at the table, I don't know quite what he's doing, but he's got his headphones on, he didn't really seem to acknowledge her, he didn't seem to really be touchy-feely how he's always with her, they didn't really share any kisses, she was just kind of getting dressed, and she kind of headed out the door he didn't say hey you didn't give me a kiss before you leave I mean there was none of that so it seems like yeah they're going through some tough some tough excuse me times right at that moment but we'll come back to them all right so the group gets together and they're having a little um gathering right so Zanab tells the ladies that Cole is, because I guess they were asking, so what's going on, right? Like, and, and Cole and Zanab has been having this whole issue even before they went to meet her stepmom. So all the ladies and the guys, they're all together getting drinks, they're eating, they're just hanging out for the night. So they ask Zanab, so what's going on, basically? So Zanab says, what's really going on is that Cole is attracted to Colleen. And she just put it out there, laid it on the table. <laughs> uh, and she said, and that's what made Malibu rough, right? Is that she had to deal with that. And she hasn't let it go. And she has a lot of insecurity issues because of that. Uh, she didn't say any of this. This is me at this point. Now, I've got on here, ooh, this is getting messy. <laughs> uh, because now Zanab, after talking with the ladies, she walks over. And also, when Z, when Z, when Zanab did say Cole is attracted to Colleen, Colleen's look on her face is like, oh, she knew that. But I guess she was not expecting 
Zanam to put that out there. So anyway, but the Zanam walks over to Matt and I'm thinking, oh crap, what's going to happen here? So now basically she goes and talks to Matt about the whole Malibu being rough because apparently Cole finds Colleen, his wife, Matt's wife, attractive, or yeah, Matt's fiance, excuse me, attractive. And so that has caused a lot of issues in their relationships. And I believe there was something that Zanoff said that Colleen said something about if it was in a real world or something like that, something apparently that Matt did not know, or either Matt told Zanoff a piece of information that Cole had said that she didn't know. It was one or the other. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. But um, so anyway, so that was that. Now, some of the women um, from the pod, uh, they apparently came over to hang out with them. And also, guess who else came over? Andrew. So Andrew goes over to greet Nancy. And he seems a lot more chill, laid back. His eyes are rolling <laughs> to the back of his head. He's been drinking, okay? So he's a little buzz. He doesn't come across as cocky and arrogant as he normally does. So um, I guess I kind of like buzz, Andrew. <laughs> All right, so, so now Nancy and Andrew decide to talk. And so they're catching up. And basically, just to get to the Bartice um, topic. So, you know, he's basically asking her, how are things working out? And she says, things are fine. Um, and somehow she just gets into Bartiz. What did you say? Bartiz doesn't love her and he doesn't find her and something about he's not, he doesn't find her physically attractive so that there's a physique issue there and that he doesn't love her. Now, first of all, all of that was wrong. That's a lie. Bartiz has only been telling her that he loves her. Bartiz has only been... Now, again, I, I, I know there are those who are like, Nancy, run. She don't need to be with him. I, I get all of that. I'm not speaking from that. I'm just saying that if she's going to say something, right, she is saying that Bartiz said that he doesn't love her. That's what I'm saying. He didn't say that. If anything, he has been saying he loves her. He has been showing her affection, you know, up until that pinpoint moment when I said about when the family came over. They've been, he's been hands all over her, right? Hugging her, embrace her, saying, you know, move over here, get closer to me, kissing her. He has been showing her affection. Okay, so he has not been ignoring her up until, again, recently, and that's because they're having a fight, right, or a moment or whatever. But yeah, but to say that he doesn't love you and then also to say that he's not attracted to you physically, that goes back to the whole Raven thing, right, back in Malibu, um, with him saying that, yes, Raven is physically attractive. That's someone he would normally go for outside in the real world, but that's not what he's looking for. He's interested in Nancy because of the emotional connection he has with her. He's basically saying when it comes to deciding on physical or emotional attractiveness or connection, what was most important for me was emotional connection over physical. Now, he hasn't said anything about not thinking she was beautiful or thinking that she was 
overweight, none of those things, right? I mean, he is, I I guess when a man doesn't find a woman physically attractive, in most cases, they don't even want to be near them. They don't even want to embrace them. They don't even want to touch them. You know, they're disgusted by them. That's all I'm saying. Bartiz is not doing any of that. If anything, he has been showing the opposite. He only wants, he, he, he's touch, he touches her. He knows, you know, she's a little thick here, a little thick there. And none of that has seemed to bother him. That's all that I'm saying. That, that's all that I'm saying. That's it. So, um, so when, and that's why I have the issue when she's saying that he doesn't find me attractive and that, and that's again, her own insecurity that is saying that because now she's, she's having some issues that are coming up. And when she says he doesn't love me, he does love you. He's been sharing you with after words of affirmation every since you, every since you guys got together. So, and that's, again, that's what I don't like. Okay. But anyway, so I digress. <laughs> so Bartiz comes over and he asks, you know, what the F is going on here? Because Andrew and Nancy are talking. And so Andrew is like, everything's good. We're just talking. And he's like, is it anything I need to be worried about? And they're just like, no. And Andrew's smirking. Nancy is smirking. Bartiz is a little buzz. So he's just like, okay, if you're telling me everything's good, then I trust it and I trust you. He gives her a kiss and then he walks off. But um, he probably was feeling a little awkward by that interaction. But anyway, yeah. So, and again, just real quick here. Their issue here is not the physiqueness thing. Their issue here is nothing to do with Raven. At this point where we are in episode seven, their issue thing is that they're both on the opposite sides of this view on what to do if they had a baby that had defects. That's the core. Okay, I always say that there's a core. Now, people may put a whole bunch of fluff on top of it and say, well, he doesn't love me, and it's this, and it's that, and it's that. No, 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 no. Where did this start? Where was the pinpoint? Where was the mile marker? It was that moment when the family came over and... He got his back when his family's like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. If, yeah, we keep the baby, right? And it was like, well, she sees it differently. That's where this whole uh, silenceness or issue or maybe miscommunication or maybe fight. I don't know what the right word is. <laughs> but that's when all of that started. And it just started to snowball to where we are here, where she's just like, oh, he doesn't love me. He doesn't find me attractive. All right, I'm over it. I won't bring it up. So we go to Zanab. Zanab talks to Colleen. And Zanab, yeah, talks to Colleen. And I'm sure everybody else, just like me, were like, oh, crap. <laughs> so Zanab talks to Colleen. Uh, yeah, okay. So Cole, no, Zanab talks to Cole. Excuse me. And so he asks what's going on with her, meaning... So Cole has been watching Zanab, right? She was talking with the ladies. She was talking with Colleen. She went over and talked to Matt. So he's like, what's going on? Because he was just kind of watching her and watching everything, but he wasn't a part of those conversations. And so he says, what's going on? So um, about her, and then she started talking about what was going on, about, well, I talked to Matt, and Matt said this, and I talked to Colleen, and Colleen said this. So now Cole is now going off. 
about her passive aggressiveness and all this other stuff uh, and about the whole Cole and uh, about the whole Cole and Carlene issue, right? And he makes it sound like there's nothing really there. I don't know why you're tripping. Why you're making something out of nothing? No, there is something there, right? I mean, you did rate your wife a nine out of ten and give Colleen a ten out of ten. You did tell everybody else that you didn't find your wife um, physically attractive, right? Um, you have an emotional connection or bond with her, but physically it's not there, right? And then, you know, just like Shake last season, you're going around not just telling Alexa, you went and told a whole bunch of other people that. Okay, so how do you expect her to feel? She knows that something's not right. Okay, so Zanab is dealing with her own insecurities at this point and her own body issues. And she's been dealing with this since Malibu and it's been every day, it's been constant. Here's where I am with this at this point. Zanab needs to either accept his apology because he he probably feels that I have been apologizing. I've been saying, I'm sorry. I've been saying, I love you. I've been saying, I chose you. I've been saying, you know, this, or I've been saying that. And it sounds like she hears it. I don't know if she is accepting it because then it seems like they go on to the next thing and then it comes up again the next day. So either accept his apology and move on or let it go. But it's not fair to hold this, in, right, over him. So that's my issue with her. You can't hold it over him every day and decide when you want to just pull it out your back pocket. So either you are going to accept this apology and you guys can move forward or just let it go or just, you know, just say you're done, right? It, it's, it's going to be one or the other, but just to keep bringing it up, this cold, cold Colleen thing every day, nobody want to hear that mess, you know, for the next four weeks. No, that's a negative. Okay. So now we get to Cole and Matt. So they finally talk. So Matt gets to the table and, uh, he lays down his cell phone and he's like, let's do this. <laughs> Uh, there isn't really much here, really, <laughs> for all of that anticipation. There isn't really much here. But, you know, it's just like, okay, look, what's going on? So Cole just kind of confirms, look, nothing's happened, right? Nothing is happening. Uh, your fiance, she's into you. Um, there isn't anything going on with she and I. Um, we didn't pursue anything. She hasn't pursued anything with me. I haven't pursued anything with her right? And she loves you and she wants to marry you. In a nutshell, that was really it. Uh, I'm just summarizing again. So there isn't really much there to talk about. This is like, if, if I'm not wrong, I think isn't that their second time talking about this cold calling thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm over that. Okay. So Bartiz and Nancy. Now they're in the apartment and they have this talk about looks. Okay. So this is not the issue, because um, again, she's talking about the whole physical attractiveness, the, you know, the looks thing. And then I, I have here in my notes that this is not the issue. The issue is not about looks. The issue is, is, is about the conversation you guys had about what to do with the baby. That's, what the, that's what's bringing on this problem that you guys are having. It's not about looks. He finds you attractive. 
right? Um, and also, and I don't want to harp on that again because I'm sure I already went there. And in the midst of the argument that they're going back on about looks and everything, uh, and yeah, let me pause. And also, it sounds like she's not confident. Now, it sounds like she may have been confident before. Somehow, she's lost that confidence. And it all happened when when the group first all got together in Malibu, when they all met each other for the first time, that's where a little bit, because before then she was good. She didn't seem to have any sort of insecurity. When the whole thing about, you know, uh, Bartiz saying that Raven is someone that he would normally date outside in the real world, just physically wise, um, that's when all of that kind of started, but whatever. Okay, so they're in a the kitchen and they're kind of, you know, not arguing voice risen and all that stuff, but they're having this conversation about looks, right? And physique and whether or not he's physically attractive to her or, and all that stuff. And they get a call and he answers the call and it's Matt calling because remember all the couples live in the same apartment complex. So he's upset. He's going off. Apparently, uh, Colleen left. So he's talking about, he's about to pack and pack up and leave. So Matt, excuse me, so Bartiz says, well, no, man, don't don't pack up. Hold on, I, I'm coming. So he runs out, opens the door and runs out and he runs down the hall. <laughs> so they were just a few doors down. But when Bartiz arrives in Matt's apartment, Matt is going off because he's saying that Colleen apparently went to the club. It is 2.30 in the morning, right? And he's saying, why is his wife not there? Now, remember, this is the same night after the whole issue with all the groups getting together and uh, and the whole Cole and Colleen thing and Zanab and that whole mess. Okay, so he gets back upstairs and she's not there. She's gone to the club. And he's telling Bartiz that he needs Bartiz to give him words of encouragement to stay because he's ready to bounce. And so Bartiz is like, man, I wish I was in your position, right? Because I'm not, I can't remember why he said that, but I was thinking, well, why would you wish you were in their position? I didn't quite understand that, Bartiz. Can you explain that to me? I, I couldn't understand your analogy there. But either way, so but he was saying that, you know, he was basically trying to encourage Matt to stay, right? And he was saying, that, okay, we were in this pod, you know, but this is the real world. And so Matt's thing is like, okay, well, this is the real world. Is this really what I'm expecting to happen? So she's going to be going out at 2.30 in the morning on a Wednesday night? And Bartiz couldn't even say anything, because that's true. Because <laughs> you don't see those things in a pod, right? And that's right. Is so if if we are in the real world, and it's like give her a chance to see how she is in the real world. I'm giving her that chance. We're in the real world. It's a Wednesday at two thirty in the morning, and she's at a club. What else is there for me to see? So that's where Matt is kind of coming from. So I can understand him actually kind of slightly being concerned. Like, hmm. You know, I don't want to be missing any red flags. So is this a red flag? You know, so I can. Anyway, but that's kind of where the episode ends. But yeah, it was just kind of interesting. Uh, I felt bad for him in that moment because he was really upset. Um, it seems like when he gets upset, he gets really, really passionate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll just kind of leave it there because I don't want to make any, any assumptions because I don't know a lot. 
But anyway, but that was it for episode seven. We're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap this up. So see you on the other side. Okay, so we have arrived to the end of our podcast, uh, and I want to take a brief moment to thank you for your time and engagement. My podcast is new, and if you can take a few minutes to give me a five-star rating, if you agree, um, it would be very much appreciated. The rating does help our Love is Blind listeners to find a podcast. So again, thank you. And so just to go over again, recap one more time, we just covered episodes of five through seven this week okay so there will not be another um episodes to drop until november 2nd so if you missed any of five through six or even if you missed any let me just put it that way one through seven all of my uh episodes should be up and you should be able to go ahead and just you know check them out and listen to it okay but other than that come back again um next week and we'll do this again thanks bye-bye